let me ask you this. Uh, you know, back in the 88 campaign, George uh, Herbert Walker Bush said he's not a, his opponent was a card-carrying member of the ACLU, and that hurt. Why do people hate some people, the ACLU? Oh, I think because I think people don't understand what we're all about. And I think, actually, when you think about how the growth of this organization has grown over the last uh, 10 years, we, our membership was 280,000 people when, before 9-11, 550,000 people now. Those are people who pay $20 or more in a 12-month period. The number of people who consider themselves members grown astronomically. People go to the website. People who show up on our, on our cases, on our, on our court cases, on, on lobby day. Yeah. And what I think is often the most remarkable is that people really don't get why we take on a case. Why did you defend the Nazis to march through uh, Skokie, Illinois? Right? They hate, they, people hated us for that. Because the right to free speech attaches to anybody and everybody. And that's why we defend Fred Phelps right now, the minister who's organizing these protests at funerals for fallen soldiers and say that the reason why men and women in uniform die is because they're giving people like me, gays and lesbians, their rights. So the gay director of the ACLU says, if you try to shut down Fred Phelps' right to protest in a public place, no matter how disgusting the asshole is, you're gonna, if, you sh if you shut down that political space, you're going to shut down the space that is the, the lifeblood of our work. And that's why we jump into it. And people sometimes cannot see beyond the the pathetic or awful client with terrible ideology, and they can't really peel back the onion to see the principle that's really at the, at the, at the core of it. So what about uh, the argument? Let's take flag burning. I'll start with that. Yeah. People who voted for it, who I disagree with, I'm with you on this one. I think it's speech, protected speech. Yeah, I think it is essentially speech. It's hating America, whatever, but it's, the message is political. Uh, they say, well, look, when my boy comes back from Iraq and he's been killed, and there's a flag on his t coffin, don't burn that flag. That's too close to me. That's not about point of view. That's not about politics. That's about the reverence we hold towards this sure. country. Sure. Don't burn it in my face. What do you say to them? Well, I think, I think it's all about a matter of the time, place, and manner in which it happens. I mean, no, no one's going to defend the fact that you show up at someone's son's uh, coffin, rip the flag off, and then light the thing on fire. That's not what we deal with. Uh, you deal with situations where if there is conduct that is, in fact, criminal conduct, such as trespassing or theft or burning a cross on someone's front lawn, that is criminal conduct. You go to an African-American family's house and you trespass on their property and you burn a goddamn cross, you should go to jail for that. How about yeah. if you burn a flag? If it depends no, no, on no, their no, lawn, no, no. if you trespass on their lawn. Here, no, 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 you, no. you go to the lawn of a person who's very patriotic and you burn the flag of their country on their lawn. Would you argue that speech or is that provocation? If you have crossed the boundaries of their personal property, it's a crime. Okay, is it the same deal for a cross? Yes, if you do. No, you, so you wouldn't have any special category for the cross because of the history? No, it's, it's a matter of what's the crime. Okay. No, no, we defended, we, we, had a, we had a terrible set of clients who burnt the cross in a, on their own private property in a place as a way to express Where's Thomas on that ruling? Uh, he, was, he was against it. It was the first time that he actually ruled on behalf of this group of African Americans. Because um, he believed about the cross that it had its history. And it had its history. And, and its history was a provocation, not a political statement. And it, and it was meant to, to inflame, literally. Yes. And you, that's why you have to look at time, place, and manner. 
You know, if you burn it in, in some place that you don't really I mean, really so a lot of people, it. it's lynching. It's just another piece of that. It's just it's look, part of that look, ritual there are, there of lynching. Are, there are, the hardest part of my job is when the rights clash. It ain't easy, Chris. It ain't easy. <laughs> Let me give you one example, right? I'll give so, you an example. I go to movies and people talk. I want to kill them. I want, and they're bigger than me and they look scarier than me and I want to kill them. And I know they, have, they want to talk. No, I'm, I'm just a kid. Right it's a trivial speech. matter. It's a trivial matter. It's, a, it's not speech protected in a, in a, in a movie theater. It's Planned Parenthood It is not protected in a theater, by the way. I pay 12 bucks. Planned Parenthood way, Clinics. Listen to, listen anyway, to this case. It's a real life case. Planned Parenthood uh, Clinics. You've got a bunch of uh, pro-lifers, right? who are sitting in front, literally camped out in front of a public sidewalk, taking photographs of women going in and out of the Planned Parenthood clinic, upload those photographs onto a website as a way to intimidate them and harass them and say, these women are getting abortions or they're getting the pill. The government then tries to step in and shut down the website. We defend them. You're tough. Because you know what? I know it's harassment. I know it's in intimidation. But the minute we allow a government to shut down a website of people who are journalists, who are uploading that data, is the minute you shut down the political space. That's why people hate us. And guess what? Mary Poppins doesn't get waterboarded, you know? It's people like Holly Sheikh Mohammed who get waterboarded. So when you have disgusting clients whose rights have been infringed upon, you've got to jump into those cases because Mary Poppins is not going to come in as intake at the ACLU and say, oh, they took away my umbrella and that violates my free speech rights or my freedom of association. <laughs> you've got to take the hard cases and that's where you make the important law. And that's what we've done for 89 years and that's what we'll keep doing. Let's talk about the terrorism thing because obviously people who have, a, an, oh, I have to be careful of the language here, who seem like they might be from a, a country that might be one of the countries where people come from, Saudi Arabia, for example, had 15 of the terrorists in 9-11. And you get obviously watched people, you know, four or five guys together. What are they up to? Uh, how do you how do you dis disaggregate the responsibility of a law enforcement organization to protect us in a common sense way right. from people who are? And then I watch people going through airports, older women, really older people, right. with being told to get out of their wheelchairs while right. the wheelchair is taken through in an effort to be uniform. I understand the need for uniformity as a courtesy and as a right issue, but at some point it becomes an absurdity. And, and are you arguing that absurdity is worthwhile or not? I know, I mean, I think Is it worthwhile to make that old lady get out of a wheelchair so the guy who may be uh, Islamic or from an Arab country, uh, so that he doesn't get singled out to, do, to, to be frisked or I've something. seen a lot more Arab and Muslim guys singled out than old ladies forced to walk. No, how do we do this? How do we do this fairly? I mean, we're not I doing mean it in well. a common sense way. Look, I, I had to take my shoes off because one guy on a goddamn French plane had, has had magic shoes. Nobody in history except that one guy. So every time we go to the airport, by the way, you don't do it over here. Every time you go to the American airport, you got to take your shoes off. It seems like the amount of time and humiliation and stupidity that goes into taking your shoes off I agree. could be skipped look, look if somebody would have the balls to say, no, that guy looks like he's got something up today. Looks like? Uh, how do we well, know that, what well, that's he what like. that's, I'm asking. That's, that's the operative Police word. Police do this all the time. Who and the question is, like, when do they do it? Who when looks do they like do it? it? When should they do it? Then you have to look at conduct. You have to look at circumstances. You can't look at the way they look, Chris. Well, suppose, we you're, in, suppose you're in England and you're looking the for the IRA and you look for people with Irish accents. You look like an no, IRA no, guy. No, no, no. You can look Irish. Fair enough. You're looking for the IRA, you're so, looking for guys with Irish accents. So is strip that you down then. Is that fair or not? No. Why is that not fair? Because you have to look at the conduct 
and the circumstances behind it. Finding okay, the circumstances are the IRAs and use, the primitive provincials are war use, with England, and they're bombing the shit out of the country. They're going into the into the into the uh, yeah. into this city and blowing the hell out of it. Right. And and you know they're the enemy. You know the guys after you. And you say no, I'm going to ignore them because they're the ones that are probably doing it. What's and them? The Irish, not, the IRAs, I, the, 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 the Irish Republicans, and the IRAs. No, the Republicans. Those are becoming largely expanding groups of no, people. No, 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 they're small that's where group you of, get the Republicans are a very small that's, group of IRA people. That's why it has okay. to be very specific on the individual fact okay. and circumstances. How do you do it? How do you protect think, the country? Smart law enforcement. How do you do it? I think you have to make sure that you have, you need an FBI, you need a CIA, We've never argued for the abolition of those law enforcement agencies. You need good human intelligence. These watch lists, where people get on these watch lists, where names are just randomly there. My, my roommate from college, a Princeton undergraduate, right? Engineer, Jaswinder Paul Singh, right? Tenured professor at Princeton. Every time he goes to a goddamn airport, they make him take off his turban. They, they make him go into the long line. You know, so the fact is that there's do? a name that is someone, just Winder Paul Singh, is somewhere in the world as a terrorist. But they don't have a list that distinguishes that, you know, this oh. guy is an American citizen and that guy is a Punjabi in New Delhi. Okay, let's go. Let's, so let's and take, we have a, let's take a middle case. Let's take a middle case. Phony driver's licenses. If they had checked those guys on 9-11 for phony-ass Virginia driver's Mohammed licenses, Atta which would have handed out to anybody who wanted license. them. Why? No. There's th there was like 13 of them or 29 of them aboard. Yeah. 29 phony driver's licenses. And six of them had real driver's oh, licenses. Okay, but the fact that the states the are, legally, are legally passing out phony driver's licenses, yeah. which are used for security reasons. I'm asking, why ask a guy at an airport to show a driver's license, which could well be a joke idea, a driver's license from one of these states that gives them out? I'm just asking why are we doing you know, it. I mean, it's I a think, joke. I think those are great questions. And I think some of the questions about We could have stopped those guys on 9-11 with good law enforcement. We didn't. Why didn't we do it? Why didn't we check for real driver's licenses Look, we and had have good states law that issue real driver's licenses? What we didn't have was the ability to carry it out. These people were on lists. Well, we knew who Mohammed Atta was. He came into the goddamn country. He was yeah. on the most wanted list. He had a driver's license. He was on the list. We just didn't have the, the ability to focus on the right guy. Why? Because we were rounding up 5,000 Muslims and, and Arabs right in the aftermath yeah, well, of 9-11 and the, Were you guys them. fighting the issuance of phony driver's licenses by those states? Look, I think... Or were you, were you not? No, I think... Why I think, weren't you fighting the issuing of phony driver's licenses? Because look, look, Chris. Because that's Having a real driver's problem. license is not going to make you a valid member of, of no, but it allows you to get on an airplane when you're not the person you say you are. I think one of the things you got to think about too. I mean, see, so you want to skip. Have on you this been? One. You, no, are, you are. You are waffling. No, you are waffling. No, no, no. Should we have? Have clean, you been to a driver a motor vehicle bureau recently? Uh, I, that's where I get my. You that's think where I get my they're capable license. of keeping you safer? No, I've been no, recently. They, I just they, had my they, driver's they license. They are capable of asking you for some proof of and address. And you're asking them proof of identity. Yeah. You're asking them to play a role that they're really not equipped to play. Who is? Our law enforcement officials, the FBI, okay. <coughs> the CIA, okay. not the people at the Motor Vehicle Bureau. And what we've done okay, is. Let me ask you a question. Why, you, want, you want good law enforcement <coughs> and civil liberties. Why do they ask us to show these stupid pieces of paper when we go on an airplane, That's which mean order. absolutely nothing because of the states who issue phony driver's licenses? Why do we go through that charade of security? <coughs> I think it's to make us feel secure. I think anybody can. Why don't they ask us for a Mickey Mouse card? Sure. Anything they can ask us for is, is, is meaningless, and yet we go through this charade. And you know it's a charade. Sure. Why do we do it? Because we're wasting our time. Okay, thank you. We are wasting our time. Are we wasting our and time? And are those our policies? Are we checking those ladies, right. those old ladies, for their. Uh, Look, they can get out of their wheelchairs. Is that a waste of time? I think it is. From what I understand, and I'm not the law enforcement guy, you need to get Bob Mueller here next year. He'll be the guy to answer these questions for you. He's wonderful <laughs> at the FBI. What I understand is 
the randomness of tests at airport is one of the things that does deter people trying to use the airports. Let's talk about other things. Let's talk. Let's talk about what do you think? Oh, you're going to start about asking. defending. Okay, no, 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 no. We've, we've it's a, it's we've an equal the opportunity country. We've reached here. a problem area here. What do you think? The problem of conflict between rights and security. So we admit we have a problem. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about the fact that not one of our highest-ranking government officials had been held accountable for the death and torture of at least tens of human beings? Why is not? Cheney or Addington or John Yu. I know. Or why? You're talking the wrong guy here. <coughs> tell, I, me why, tell me why you don't believe they should be prosecuted. Well, <laughs> get, me, get me standing, get me a court, and I'll be cheering. You're the attorneys. You, come, you break a case against Dick Cheney for okaying uh, what's it called, extraordinary interrogation methods, enhancement. It's like revenue enhancement in the old days. And tax it's a increase. lot worse. Oh, I know, but it's the usual same kind of game of words. Uh, I think you're right, so we can agree on that. So we're not going to get anywhere with this. All right. Uh, Let's go someplace else. Let me move on to the idea of a right, because I think it's a fundamental. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Man is endowed with certain inalienable rights. Endowed by his creative rights, with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. We started out with that document in our country. It's people in the LDS Church, for example. I uh, believe it's, it's divine, um, which is fine. <laughs> uh, but is it divine? Do you, we had this discussion the other night here about it. We had it this morning with Richard, Dr. Leakey. Richard Leakey. Uh, do you believe human rights are innate, defined, uh, given to us by our creator in any real sense? Do you think, what do you think a right is? I think it's the, the right. Where does it come from? It comes from the human conscience. And it's codified in any number of different ways. For some people, it's the Torah or the Quran. For secularists like me, it might be the Constitution. For others, it might be the morality you were taught in your church or your synagogue. Is it common? It is innate. It is so it's common. It is what distinguishes us from the brutality that we see in the safari drive. That human conscience of the little calf should have a right to live with dignity. And just because she's a little calf and there's a big predator who's faster and stronger should not be able to rip her apart. That's what makes us different than the wonderful creatures we're out there from. So, so it's not, I mean, uh, Clarence Thomas was asked when he, when he was up for court if he believed in natural law. I, I do believe in it. But I, see, I believe that thou shalt not kill and all this stuff is, is true. And I do think it's innate. I don't think you have to argue much about it. But um, you argued it, you just said it stated as sort of a juxtaposition against the, the, the realities of nature, a natural reality, which is survival of the fittest. And you say it's to fight that. Is that what rights are, to fight that survival of the fittest? Is the way you say it? I think, I think the, the rights attached to each and every person. It's the right to live with dignity. And then also the groups that often need the greatest protection of the rights are the most disenfranchised, the pariah groups, the weakest, yeah. the poorest of them. And I think that one of the things that we've done as human beings is we have found multiple sources about where that human right comes from. And the whole archaic debate, which I find completely anathema, this is what I would have loved to ask Mrs. Pillay, is it, is it a Western thing? Yeah, for some people it comes from the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. For some people it's the Constitution. For some people it is the Koran. For some people it was the Bible, where I learned that as a Catholic boy. I learned yeah. morality and good and bad in Catholic school. 
And I don't care where you draw that source from, and there are multiple sources to draw it from. They all get codified in very much the same ways. Different contexts, different uh, circumstances. Okay. Let's talk about speech, and let's, because we want much more time. Then I want to really bring you in. We're going to go to five minutes on speech, because it's, it's the one thing we really think most often about in terms of freedom and uh, rights. Uh, I know there are countries in Africa where if you make a comment about the king or the president of the country that are derogatory, you could go to jail. It's just taken, speech is taken very seriously and very reverently in this continent in many places. Uh, in our country, you can say anything you want about anybody. We could kid around Cheney a couple minutes ago and nobody's going to arrest I'm us. I'm not kidding. I think you okay, want to find I mean, Well, I was kidding. <laughs> no. But we could, I, could, I do it every night. I can say anything I want. I mean, I prove the First Amendment every night of the week. Um, uh, but in other countries, they don't believe that. Until your sponsors yank their show. That's one of the things oh, I want yeah, to say. Oh, yeah, sure. If I, sure if, I, I mean, if I single out General Electric for a special attention, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me ask you, though, about that, because you're talking about innate notion of rights. I'm serious about this. A lot of countries do not believe you have innate right to speak out against authority. They think authority is pretty much reverent. And in, in, in Chinese, for example, we know that from in Iran, in '89, uh, we know we know you're not. Where do you get the? Do you think there is an innate right to political expression to just Absolutely. say this government is no damn good? I'm going to overthrow. It. I'm not going to overthrow. It. I'm against it in this principle. It's it's corrupt. It's awful. You think you have innate right to say that when you want to? Absolutely. And anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world. Really. And I think one of the things this that does the world the. Uh, I mean, UN, luckily my job. That? Does he want to support that? I no, no, the UN is much more wishy-washy, too yeah. politically correct in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, the whole thing we were talking about, the political correctness in, in other countries, I think we need to be much clearer about the universality of some of these rights. Luckily, my job is only to focus on America, so I have to focus yeah. on a difficult context in the US. But I look at what goes on in other places and the ability to try to shut down websites in China offends me. Look, India, right? So you had, uh, you had the, the movie uh, the, of Harvey Milk, right? Yeah. They blacked out the acceptance speech of Lance Black when they were the highest population ever watching the Academy Awards in India. And when Lance Black went up there to talk about gay rights, they blacked it out. Right. Guess what happened? Some kids put it up on YouTube. There were protests over the streets. And one of the things I find most remarkable, protests, this, protests this is where I do, the kid I, or the government? There were, there were, these were young people who did it themselves because the broadcast media, controlled by the government or by commercial interests, I are falling down the job. And the one thing I will say to Sam, to take issue with something that Sam said, I think the media has done a terrible job covering the war on terror. And I'll give you one example where, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, I think they've abdicated their responsibility. I mean, when, In what sense? No, no. They didn't ask the hard questions early on. The drumbeat got built, and then they got on the bandwagon. I think you it don't is, watch my show. I think it is. <laughs> I've been against this I war since the it after first the neocons started you know, pushing this thing back in 2001. Within weeks of 9/11, they started pushing Iraq. People like Cheney started pushing it. Wolfowitz, the whole crowd was pushing it. What did you do about the immigrants who were being day. deported in the, okay, in the I, states? Okay, I'm not saying you. The Arab Muslim immigrants. Give me one at a time, will you? Five thousand. One at a time, okay. Undocumented okay, immigrants. Okay, I can't defend the universe. Uh, uh, we're going to take questions right now, okay? So right let's go. now. Let's now.